So we continue this time of Lent in this season, and as we journey through the various I am statements of Jesus, today we're going to hear another I am statement, as you heard through the kids' message. And also, I think it's a bit of a confusing statement. I am the gate for the sheep. Now, interesting enough, we had a cadet Sunday last week, and, uh, and, and the, the, this I am statement that we're hearing today was actually the cadet theme from two years ago. So it is a different sermon, though, folks. Um, and through these I am statements, uh, Jesus reveals to his people who he is and what he has done for us. These I am statements not only tell us who Jesus is, but we, they tell us of his mission and his reason for coming down to earth as God and man, coming down to seek and to save the lost, his sheep, his people. So as we journey through uh, this Lent season, may these I am statements through the Holy Spirit of Jesus affirm our faith and grow us closer to him as our Lord and Savior, the great I am. Let us come to God in prayer. Father God, as we go through this Lenten series and the reading of the I am statements, May you grant each of us your wisdom and grace to know about Jesus and to know Jesus, who he is, what he has done for us. Through your Holy Spirit, work in us to grow closer in our relationship to Jesus and more and more understand his amazing grace given to us through his life, death, and resurrection. Extend your continued grace to us so that you will transform us to live our lives for the great I am. And it's only in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our reading is from John 10, 1 through 10. I think it'll appear on the screen and you'll probably have access to that or you can check out your own Bibles at home, of course, as well. John 10, verses 1 through 10. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they don't recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees didn't understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, and they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life. And have it to the full. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So before we get into this passage uh, this morning again, I think it's important to again look at the context of this, uh, of Jesus' I am statements. Last week uh, we referred to John 8 where Jesus proclaimed, I am the light of the world. And this was in the context during the Feast of Tabernacles, which is an eight-day party with lots of candles, lots of lights. And this party was to remind the Jewish people of how God brought them out of the wilderness, never leading them in darkness, but always having a pillar of light shining before them in the nighttime. The Feast of Tabernacles is where Jesus himself proclaimed, I am the light of the world. Very timely 
very intentional. And then following this, chapter 8 and chapter 9, Jesus, the light of the world, heals a man that was born blind. Jesus gave physical light and spiritual light to this man. Jesus is the light of the world. And now we move on to chapter 10, and it would appear that this story occurs about three months after the festival of tabernacles, and it leads us into another festival, the festival of dedication, or what is commonly known perhaps today as Hanukkah. And this is not referred to in our reading this morning, but if you look further on in chapter 10, in chapter 10, verse 22, it's mentioned there. The festival of dedication, or Hanukkah, is also an eight-day celebration, and it usually occurs near Christmas time for us. Hanukkah is the Hebrew word for dedication. So this festival of dedication was a celebration. It was a celebration in response to the Jewish and Greek revolts that were going on between the Old and New Testament time period. This was referred to as the Maccabean Revolt, which occurred about 168 B.C. During this revolt and unrest, there were a lot of false prophets. There were corrupt priests. During this period, the temple in Jerusalem was desecrated. An altar of the Greek god Zeus was constructed in the Jewish temple. And several pigs, considered unclean by the Jews, were slaughtered and sacrificed in the temple. In addition, several people were killed during this revolt. When the enemy was eventually driven out of the city, the temple was cleansed. And a rededication ceremony was celebrated. And it was this dedication ceremony that became known as the Festival of Dedication, or Hanukkah. And during this well-known Jewish celebration each year that they celebrated this, an Old Testament passage from Ezekiel 34 was included in the liturgical readings in their time of worship. Ezekiel 34 has as its theme, the Lord will be Israel's shepherd. And Ezekiel 34, it talks a lot about uh, false shepherds and, and lost sheep. And in verse 11 it states, For this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and will look after them. And so in our reading this morning from John 10, Jesus doesn't just randomly bring up a conversation about sheep pens and sheep and shepherds. Jesus does this in the midst of the Feast of Dedication. He connects faith and culture so often. And again, he brings this up very timely, very intentional. So John 10 opens with the image of the shepherd and the sheep, complementing Hanukkah and and Ezekiel 34. The first five verses refer to the shepherd and his relationship to the sheep. The shepherd knows his sheep by name. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And we get a picture of Jesus being the shepherd and again, this ties nicely in with 10 verse 11, uh, next, week, next week's passage actually, where Jesus states, I am the good shepherd. So you think that we would be talking about this I am statement, I am the good shepherd this week, based on the first five verses. But we don't. Because what happens during our reading is verse 6. Confusion occurs. And Ezekiel states that the Lord will care for his sheep. 
The Lord will care for a sheep. And if Jesus is saying this also, then he must be the Lord. But it's stated that the Pharisees did not understand what Jesus was telling them. They were confused. And it probably angered them as well. So Jesus switches gears a little bit. Staying with the same shepherd's sheep analogy, but instead he proclaims, I am the gate for the sheep. Verses 7 to 10, Jesus is the gate for the sheep. Which, if Jesus being the shepherd was confusing for the Pharisees, it's very likely that him saying that he's the gate is probably more confusing for the Pharisees. Now, I think it's important for us just to pause for a moment and understand the sheep pen. It's not a fenced-in area that we may be used to. It's often made of rocks. And there may be trees or rocks on one side acting as a fence. Perhaps in some cases a, a cliff edge going up on another side and some sort of natural barrier on the sides or rocks or bushes. And this natural area would be open to the elements of the weather. It, it would have no roof. And there'd be one gate. Sylvie was talking about this. Not two or three gates, just one gate. And actually, it wasn't a gate at all. It was just an opening in the natural enclosure or wall. It was an entrance without a physical gate. And here Jesus now is saying, I am the gate. And there is only one way into the sheep pen. And that's through the gate. The passage is referring to different entries into the sheep pen. And if there are shepherds who are trying to get into another, another way, Jesus calls them, they're thieves and robbers, because there is only one way. And if you can't enter through the gate, which is the only entrance, then you're likely up to trouble. You're evil, disobedient. Now, Jesus is not referring to Satan. He's actually referring to disobedient people. He's created an awareness to the people that, and to the Pharisees that there are false prophets and there's false teachings out there. Be aware. He's saying that there is only one way to eternal life, that there is only one way to be saved, and that is through faith in Jesus. And those who enter the gate through the shepherd, through Jesus, will be saved. Verse 9, salvation is only through Jesus, in Christ alone. Nobody enters without the gatekeeper allowing them to enter. Probably thinking this is very similar to the statement in John 14, 6, when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now sheep, they're, they're known that for their wandering. They can easily wander. And there are dangers out there. And there's consequences Staying in the range of the shepherd is the wisest. And so Jesus is providing his people a warning because robbers are everywhere, but if the sheep stays close to the shepherd, they will be protected. So people of God, we need to be aware of our surroundings. We need to be aware of the dangers. He's not saying that we need to be aware of when people make mistakes because we all make mistakes, but we need to be aware of false teachers and false teachings. And in our culture today, there are various false teachings that we need to be aware of. Today, for example, prosperity theology or prosperity gospel is very prevalent. This states that God's desire is for us to be filled with financial prosperity, with physical well-being. 
And you could probably, you could possibly read into that from verse 10 that Jesus wants us to have life to the full, full of health, full of wealth. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with either of those. But this theology goes on to state that faith and positive speech and donations and service will result in an increase in one's wealth and health. It's almost like this two-sided contract with humanity and God. If you do this, then God will do this. If you have enough faith, you probably won't even get COVID-19. And that's not true. Sin and evil is out there. And we are all prone to it. But I want to tell you that God is out there. He is here. He is present with us. And he is more powerful than anything else in this world. People, Scripture is clear that God gives us unconditional love and grace. It's nothing that we've deserved. It's nothing that we've done. And in response, in all circumstances, we're called to live our lives out of gratitude and thanksgiving. And I know that's sometimes more difficult one time over another. But we can do that because Jesus is our shepherd. He is our gate. Other false teachings that we need to be aware of are statements claiming that there's many different paths to eternal life. I mean, it's possible, of course, uh, to be on on a different path, but there is only one Savior. There is only one gate. There is only one entrance. When I say it's possible to be on a different path, what I mean is our obedience or disobedience will have consequences, and our disobedience sends us in a direction that is contrary to God's will. And it will impact our lives. It will impact others. But through the power of the Holy Spirit's leading and our confession and our obedience, we will be directed back to the Lord. And there is still only one entrance for salvation. There are not multiple gods. There is one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in whom we worship. The shepherd is the gate and stays at the entrance to protect his sheep from leaving. And if there is a threat that is approaching the entrance to the sheep pen, then the gate, the shepherd, would be aware and attempt to fight off the threat on behalf of all the sheep. The gate is the protector. The gate is the keeper. And in verse 2, Jesus refers to the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd. The good shepherd, we'll hear that again next week. Good shepherds take care of their sheep. Spiritual shepherds are people who teach and who care for their people. These are the good shepherds. And during the revolt between the testimony, rather the testaments, there were many bad shepherds and sheep were being harmed. Now as sheep, as Jesus' people, we are to stay close to Jesus in order to hear the voice of Jesus. In many parts of the Gospel, Jesus will call people to follow Him. Following Him, following Jesus, means that we are staying in close relationship with Him. That we're staying in near proximity to Jesus. Following Jesus and and staying near Jesus means staying in His Word. We will not know the truth unless we study the truth in the Scriptures. Get into your Word. In my seminary days, I I learned an easy way to try to remember 
what is truth? And, and what do we need to keep our focus on? And some of you have may, maybe have heard me say this at times. It's what I call the ABCs of theology. Absolutes, beliefs, convictions. And so this is just a quick digression, maybe a better word is lesson, um, that I'm going to just go with you. Absolutes are the core unchanging principles of our Christian faith. These things define truth from false. Things in the absolute would include the Trinity. Jesus is God and man. Absolutes are Jesus' death, his, his resurrection, that Jesus is Lord and Savior. Absolute is Jesus' second coming. He's coming again. Sacraments such as Lord's Supper and baptism are absolutes. That Jesus is the gate, the only entrance for salvation. Absolute. God is in control. God is our God. We are his people. These are all absolutes. The A's, the B's, beliefs, extend a little beyond our absolutes and core principles. This beliefs is where we kind of get denominational differences. Uh, For example, We said an absolute is celebrating Lord's Supper. A belief might be whether the Lord's table is open or closed to different denominations or different ages. Or another absolute we said was baptism. A belief is, do we dunk? Do we sprinkle? Infant or believer's baptism. Sacraments are absolutes. But how we practice the sacraments are not always absolutes. And they may differ between people and for sure, denominations. We can still disagree, but they're not, by any means, salvation issues. The absolutes are. Finally, convictions, which probably are not too much different than beliefs, really, but just a little further from the center. Convictions are things that we might disagree with in our own Reformed circles, but we're still able to worship together and celebrate the absolutes, the sacraments with one another. There's still unity, which also, by the way, is an absolute, even among disagreement. Convictions, for example, the C's might be, uh, I don't know, like the six-day creation compared to creation being more than six days, or perspectives on evangelism or Christian day schools. And again, maybe some people even have different levels of what might be a conviction or a belief. And this is all important, but we don't need to argue about them. Nothing can teach us or teach against our A's, our absolutes. And we learn these absolutes from the truth of God's word. John 17, 17, your word, Lord, is truth. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. God is our God. We are his people. So when we understand that Jesus is the gate, That is an absolute. He's our protector. He is our only way to salvation. He is the shepherd that will lay down his body, and he will act as a gate. Jesus is a gate who will lay down his body for a sheep, and he did that for his sheep, for his people on the cross. And as we journey towards Good Friday, we are mindful of what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. That sacrifice on the cross, it's a core truth, an absolute. Jesus not only protects us from robbers and thieves, others trying to get in different ways into the pen, as the scripture states, but he also protects us from the devil. He protects us from sin. He has removed the stain of sin, and he has conquered death. 
So when we get to verse 10, where we read that the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy, I have come that they may have life and have life to the full. The Pharisees stole from the people. They confused their convictions and beliefs and confused them with absolutes and just kind of ignored the absolutes. They robbed the people of believing in Jesus. Jesus is the gate and he gives life to his people. Now the full life is not the goal. The full life is the result. Following Jesus, having faith in Jesus, that's the goal. And the result is life, abundant life on this earth, and more importantly, in eternity. And Scripture promises us life. Not life without its challenges, and perhaps as we see it all around us today with diseases, but a life where our God is our refuge, that God is our strength, that God is our Lord and Savior. Thanks be to God. We can only receive forgiveness and salvation through one way. That is the gate of the sheep pen. Our Lord and our Savior. Salvation doesn't come about with our money. It's not about our talents. It's not with our good looks or good works. Salvation is not through Mohammed or any other religion. Only a relationship with the shepherd who is our gate. Jesus is our gate. And in our times of trouble, for our eternity, Jesus is the only way. And Jesus' death on the cross means forgiveness for all our sins. It means that God's amazing grace and love, that that we have been freed from our sins through Jesus. And the gate of salvation has been opened wide through faith in Jesus. On account of what God has done for us through the cross and through the resurrection of his Son, we all have an opportunity to respond in faith. We have an opportunity to serve our Lord and Savior. Being a disciple is not about the end goal, eternal salvation, but being a disciple is about living for Jesus today. Being the church that Jesus calls us to be, his body today. It's about accepting Jesus and giving all of our life over to him. It's about giving our sins and our burdens to him and allowing Jesus and his word, his truth, to direct us through that one gate. Thanks be to God, our Lord and Savior. And together, wherever we are, we say, Amen. The Lord bless.